The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, You will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This is the Word of God for the people of God. So now we're in week two of this six-week series, Listening to Jesus, where we're following these early stories of the Gospels, telling us about who Jesus is, what He says, what He does, where He goes, how He lives. Last week, we had a little preparation for that, as we read about John the Baptist proclaiming that there was this one coming, and Inviting people to repent and receive the baptism for forgiveness of sins. And we talked about this idea of repentance, of turning away from sin and turning toward God. Having a change of mind, sometimes a change of behavior, a change of direction. And when we do so, what we can expect from God is not only forgiveness in the beginning, but also the ongoing divine love of God being poured out upon us. So that truly we learn to trust God and believe and trust that God is leading us into a better future. Before we close last week, I gave you a tool if you wanted to use it during the week. It was John Wesley's covenant prayer, a prayer that you could use over and over to put yourself in a position to say to God, I am here. It's a way to say to Jesus, I am ready. I am listening. Work in me how you would, O God, through Christ. Do with me what you will. It's a way to open our hearts and minds ever more deeply to what God wants to do within us and through us. That whole notion parallels these other passages we're reading from the gospel, and it parallels what Jesus has to say today. Jesus says to Philip, follow me. Follow me. And Philip is ready to go. He's ready to follow. In fact, he is excited about doing so. He's so excited that he goes to tell his friend about this. In verse 45, John reports that Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Philip's so excited. And yet, as soon as he tells Nathaniel, you can just kind of sense that it's like pouring water on a fire. Philip's friend Nathaniel says, can anything good 
come out of Nazareth? But I think maybe he said it with a little more of a sneer and an air of superiority, like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It was a small place, not really important in the history of the Bible. No prophecies about something great coming out of Nazareth. I began to think, what would that be like today? What if somebody came to you and said the next great leader for Tulsa or the next great leader from Oklahoma is going to come from Kiefer? You might not be too excited. You might even be skeptical. But then I was reading one of the commentators and it said Nazareth only had about 300 or so people living there at this time. Kiefer has 2,000, so Kiefer's way too big. You would have to say something like, the next great leader is coming from Godibo. Would you be excited? Would you trust? Would you believe that that was really the case? You might be skeptical. It's easy for those of us in large places to be skeptical about other people who come from smaller places. Nathaniel is skeptical. He is just not Sure at all that Philip knows what he's talking about. Dr. Amy Oden has written a new book called Right Here, Right Now. She describes how this so easily happens in our society today. There's such a rush and a pressure of time, so many things happening, that so often life can just kind of overwhelm us and push us in this direction of being skeptical, maybe irritable, maybe quick to judge. She writes about when this happens. She says, in fact, when our brains get overloaded, in an attempt at efficiency, they default to quick, superficial judgments, putting people in pre-existing boxes. We tend to reduce others to shorthand, like soccer mom, tattooed biker, troubled teen, old white guy. People tend to prejudge us, put us in a box, easily write us off. You know, people these days who have not grown up going to church or have had a bad experience with church, they're skeptical about us. When they're asked what they think of when they hear Christian or churchgoers, their top answers are hypocrite, judgmental, narrow-minded, They easily put us in a box and write us off as irrelevant. But if we're not careful, we do the very same thing to them. It's so easy to be skeptical about someone we don't know. To not believe that God is at work in someone else's life. So easy to see them as a box or a label rather than as a child of God what if we saw everyone we met as someone within whom we believe God was at work that God was ready and doing great things in their life that they were a part of our family because we were all a part of the family of God would it make a difference well it's interesting to note what happens next in our story Even though Nathaniel is skeptical, you'll notice that Philip doesn't argue. He doesn't complain. 
He doesn't call names. He doesn't attack. He doesn't debate. He doesn't even try to justify his excitement. He simply repeats what Jesus has said to him when they had met earlier back up in verse 39. Philip says, come and see. Come and see. Come with me and see for yourself. It's a simple invitation. I think it's important here for us to think about how we feel when we think about sharing the gospel with someone else. When we think about inviting someone to church, so often what I find with Christians and Methodists in particular is we get a little uneasy. We start worrying about maybe I don't know enough about the Bible. Maybe I don't know enough theology. What if I start talking with someone about faith and they ask me a question I cannot answer? We so often begin to worry that when we have the moment, when we see the opportunity, when we feel the prompting, we hesitate. And we miss out on the opportunity to invite someone to come and see. We miss that opportunity so often that God gives us to bring somebody else into the family of faith, to introduce someone else to this great love of God that we have come to know in Jesus Christ. So here is lesson number one for us today. Our role is simply to offer the invitation. Come and see. You don't have to be prepared to convince anyone or to debate anyone or argue with anyone. You can invite them. Come and see. And let God do the rest. What you'll note in this story from John today is when Philip decides to do that and issues the invitation, even though Nathaniel maybe has some questions and is skeptical, Nathaniel accepts the invitation. He decides to go and see and meet this Jesus. And then in verse 47, we're told this, when Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Jesus leads with a compliment. He says, here is an honest man. Here is a straight shooter. Here is a person in whom there is no Deceit. It's so easy to prejudge people, to get off on the wrong foot. But Jesus leads with a compliment. Here is lesson number two. In terms of welcoming people into the family of faith, recognize in a positive way that they have come. It's so great that they have come. It's so much better to greet someone when you see them here at church with, we're so glad you have come. I think it's so neat that you are here. How wonderful that you have come and brought your whole family this morning. That's so much better than, I don't think I've seen you here before. Or excuse me, but that's where I usually sit. Right? It makes a difference how we meet people, how we greet people, how we welcome people. We have an opportunity, even in this room, to help somebody connect with God through Jesus Christ based on how we greet them, how we meet them. And Jesus teaches us 
to be nice and kind and lead with a compliment and recognize in a positive way that someone is willing to be here. I told you a few weeks ago that what we were going to find as we read through these gospel passages over these next several weeks is that we were going to see and hear a good deal about compassion, feeling with another or being sensitive to the needs of another. Now we know that Nathaniel is skeptical and so Jesus could have taken the tact of Arguing with him, debating with him, attacking him, setting him straight when he arrived. But that's not what Jesus does. The Gospels make clear that he greets people with compassion. He understands where they are coming from. He looks to understand the circumstance and then he extends to them the love of God in his welcome and his interaction with them. His welcome is a lesson for us in all of our relationships to focus on the positive, to start or to lead with the positive, to look for the good in another person, to believe that God is at work in the other person, whether or not we can see it or understand it or not. And what happens in our story today is almost astounding if you don't read passed it too quickly do you realize what has happened here nathaniel comes with great skepticism jesus pays him a compliment and then by the time we get to verse 49 nathaniel replies rabbi you are the son of god you're the king of israel i mean what a change nathaniel has moved from skeptic to seeker to believer in a very short amount of time. God is at work in him, changing him, turning him more toward the message of Jesus, opening him up to experience this great love that's offered to him through Jesus. So Jesus answers him in verse 50. Do you believe because I told you? That I saw you under the fig tree, you will see greater things than these. Now, John the Baptist said this last week, but Jesus reiterates it today. God intends more than you can imagine. God intends to do more in your life than you can usually grasp or comprehend or imagine. It made me think of one of Paul's writings when he's writing the early Christians at Ephesus. He's talking about the riches of glory that we have offered to us in Jesus Christ. And then at the end of chapter 3, the last couple of verses, he says this. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. All men. John the Baptist says it. Jesus says it. Paul says it. God is at work within you to do more than you normally would expect. 
It's a theme that runs throughout the Bible, but especially throughout the Gospels. So lesson number three is if you believe and follow, expect to see God doing great things. Expect God to be doing great things in your life. And then there's verse 51 where we end today, where Jesus begins to describe what these great things will look like. He says to Nathaniel, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Now, some people want to interpret that as some kind of physical vision that we'll have that you can see with your physical eyes. But that's really beyond my experience. That doesn't really make sense to me. Throughout John, Jesus uses symbolic language to describe the things that are spiritual that happen in our lives. I think this is poetic, metaphorical language saying the heavens will open. I think Jesus is saying you will encounter the spiritual life intersecting your physical life. That you'll experience the infinite intersecting the finite. It's poetic language. It's not unlike what we read last week. You remember we were reading about the baptism of Jesus from the Gospel of Mark. And Mark says after Jesus is baptized and he's coming up out of the water that the heavens are torn apart. And Jesus sees the Spirit descending like a dove. I don't imagine that anything really happened in the sky. It's poetic, metaphorical language of finite human beings trying to describe the experience of the infinite. Describing best we can what it's like to encounter God intersecting our very own lives, having the sense of the holy or the divine be present in our lives. It is lesson number four. Follow Jesus and you will encounter the divine life. Follow Jesus and the promise is you will encounter the divine life. One of the Bible commentators I was reading this week was talking about how Jesus Christ is that point of connection or point of contact between the infinite and the finite. That God has sent His Son into our world so that we might better make this connection. It made me think about this battery pack that I wear on my belt that makes this microphone work. We change the batteries every week Used to, they didn't do that, and they would have a power failure every once in a while where the batteries would go dead. So every week, new batteries in the battery pack works great. Unless someone's not paying attention or a little bit of a hurry, and the battery gets put in upside down, it doesn't work very well, right? There's no point of contact. So you don't have any electricity. There's no illumination in the light. There's no sound coming out amplified so you can hear better because it's in the wrong position but as soon as you turn the battery over and all of a sudden there's that point of contact wow great things happen the light comes on the power's up the microphone's on everybody can hear jesus is our point of contact with god 
It changes the experience of our living when we're connected with God through Christ. Jesus says, believe and follow me and you'll be in the right position to truly see God at work. Now that can happen in lots of different ways. You can renew that contact just by making a commitment to be in worship every week with the people of God. Or maybe you need to work on your own spiritual life and your own devotion time. I gave you the prayer last week as a way to have a certain prayer to say every day of the week to put yourself in that position of opening yourself as John Wesley did so many years ago to say, God, do with me what you will. I am here for you. I'm at your command. Maybe it's a different kind of prayer you need to pray. Or it could be journaling. It could be participating in Holy Communion. It could be joining a small group. There's so many different ways to grow in our faith, to increase our ability to experience that point of contact. We have Bible studies and book studies and United Methodist Women's Circles. We have Sunday school every Sunday. We have worship services on Wednesday night and Thursday nights on Sunday morning. So many opportunities where you can work on that point of contact. If your experience is such that you're thinking, I'm not sure God is there. I'm not sure God is real. I'm not experiencing what I think I should be experiencing. Look at that point of contact. Look at those places where you're practicing or failing to practice what the Bible and the church has taught us for years and years is that there's practices in which we can participate which make that point of contact with God all the more vital for the promise of the gospel is when we make that contact amazing things will happen in our lives that the spiritual life will open up for us that we'll begin to be able to see how god is at work in our everyday living how god is intersecting our life and our existence and our choices and how god is at work for good in our life, and in our world. What if we all took steps to increase that point of contact and began to see all the more clearly how God was at work in our midst? It would be a wonderful 2018. May it be so for each and every one of us.